I'm Chad Roberts, and I'm so glad you're joining me today on this episode of Awakened to Grace. Well, today we're in part two of a sermon called The Mystery and Fall of Babylon. We're in Revelation chapters 17 and 18. And you know, if you're just catching our series on Revelation There are many sermons to this uh, entire series. You can go back on our free mobile app, Awakened to Grace, and you can listen to every one of them. Well, we find ourselves today uh, reaching chapter 18, and we are going to study and we're going to understand, is Babylon a city? Is it a literal, physical city? Or is it a system? We answer that question and much more in this sermon called The Mystery and Fall of Babylon. I hope you're connecting with us. If these sermons are helping you, I would love to hear from you. You can always email me at pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. Well, I hope you enjoy today this broadcast of Awakened to Grace. the bronze thigh, the Greeks, but then two iron legs. Who are the two iron legs? It is the Roman Empire. Now, Scripture says five have fallen. That's Egyptians, Assyrians, Babylonians, Persians, and the Greeks. One remains. I believe that's one of the iron legs. Uh, I'm sorry, not one. It it is the iron legs. What's going to come are the feet. Now, watch this. John wrote, we believe John wrote the book of Revelation in about 96 AD. Christ died in 33 AD. We believe John wrote around 90 AD. Do you know who the emperor of Rome was when John was exiled to the Isle of Patmos? It was Domitian. You know who he was? He was the brother of Titus. We've talked about Titus a lot in our study. Who was Titus? Titus is who was predicted in Daniel 9, 24 through 27. He's the prince that was going to crush Israel. And when the brother of Domitian Titus, when he crushed Jerusalem, Israel no longer was a country, no longer was a state for the next 2,000 years, which is the times of the Gentiles. Do you know who Titus and Domitian's father was? Vespasian. He's the man who built the Roman Colosseum. And he succeeded Nero, who beheaded, who beheaded Paul in 69 A.D. The Roman Empire ruled with the iron fist. And in John's day, the only thing they knew were the Roman was the Roman Empire. Now, it's interesting. Now, pay attention to the scriptures. Seven kingdoms are prophesied. Five have fallen. One is. Which one is that? That is Rome. He's riding under the emperor Domitian, and one is to come. Well, okay, what is to come? Okay. Now, in Daniel's statue, he sees two feet mixed with clay and iron. Why is it clay and iron mixed? I think think there's a reason for that. 
I believe, as, as scholars believe and teach, and, I, and I, I agree with this, I believe that teaches that the Roman Empire is going to be revived. The Roman Empire is going to rise up again. Now, why is it mixed with clay? I think what it's saying is that iron Roman Empire is not going to be as strong as the previous Roman Empire. But I believe that the mixture of clay and iron there tells us that the European countries, that, that, that former Roman Dominion is going to come back on the earth yet again. So now think about what the angel tells John. He sees seven kingdoms. Five have fallen. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece. One is the Roman Empire and one is to come. We could call that Rome part one. The legs and Rome part two, the feet. Now, continue on, Caleb, and watch what it says about the beast. Verse 11, as for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven. Okay, now this is why so many scholars believe that the Antichrist, the beast, is going to come out of the Roman Empire. Now, is that factual? We don't know yet. He was not going to be revealed until the rapture of the church, 2 Thessalonians 2. But for Scripture to say that the eighth, which is going to be the empire of the beast, is going to come out of the seven. And if the seven is the revived Roman empire, the mixture of clay and iron, then that would tell us that the beast is going to come out of those European nations. Does anybody find this fascinating as much as I do? Continue on, please. Verse 12. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power. Okay. Now, people try to figure this out. Okay, well, then who are the ten kings? Is that going to be China? Is that going to be Russia? Is that going to be the United States? Is that going to be African nation? Notice what this scripture says. They've not been revealed yet. So don't waste your time. Don't speculate. We're not going we're gonna to see these things from heaven. We're not going to know them on the earth. So where scripture says we don't know, guess what? You're not going to know. And just let it be. Amen? Continue. But they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. These are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb and the Lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with him are called chosen and faithful. Isn't that beautiful? He is Lord of lords and King of kings. Note the distinction. <coughs> the earth dwellers, their names were not written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundations of the world. But what's it say of those of us who are with the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We are chosen and faithful. That's you, my friends. Amen. Amen. Continue, please. Verse 15. And the angel said to me, The waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And that's consistent throughout all the scriptures. That's an idiom 
that the Lord uses all through the scriptures. Uh, waters, seas always represent those things. Very consistent with scripture. Go ahead. Verse 16, And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. Isn't that a beautiful verse? Until the word of God is fulfilled. Every word of God will be fulfilled. Remember our principle through the study of Revelation. When there's chaos on the earth, there's control in heaven. God is controlling everything. Continue, please. Verse 18. And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. Okay, let's pause there. Now, let's answer our final question today. Why is Babylon a mystery? Because it's now revealed. What was concealed is now revealed. Why is Babylon a prostitute? Because its spirit, its idolatry, it poses the things of God. But why? Uh, but let's answer our final question: What is Babylon a literal, physical city, or is Babylon a system? I believe my interpretation of Scripture. I believe the answer is both. Babylon will be a literal, physical. I believe it will be the capital of the earth. I believe just like Nimrod, the first world ruler of Genesis 10, I believe Satan will rise. He'll raise up Babylon and the last world ruler, and it will be the capital city of the earth. But it's also a system. It is also going to be a political system, a religious system, and a financial and commerce system. I tell you the way I think of it in my mind, Wall Street. Is Wall Street a financial system? Yes. But is it also a physical location? Yes. It is both. And that's, in my mind, how I think of Babylon. It is going to be both a city and both a system that opposes God. Continue, please. Chapter 18. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. Just don't forget this. Over 60 times we encounter angels in the book of Revelation. You know, I was thinking this week, I was praying for the people of Afghanistan, and I just can't get out of my mind. You know, when Elisha was surrounded in Dothan with uh, the, the, the armies of Syria and kings. Do you remember what surrounded the Syrian army? An angelic army. Chariots of fire. And you know, I was just, my mind was running wild. And I just, and, and I was thinking about this. I was thinking, you know, Lord, I, I literally, I believe more in a spirit realm than I do this natural, physical realm. I believe more in the spiritual realm. And I was just sort of weighing that this week, and I thought, Lord, why do I believe so strongly in angels and warfare? And Lord, why? I mean, I think about it a lot. And 
Lord, why do I believe so strong in it? And it's like the Holy Spirit just said, Chad, it's because how much you read the word of God and you believe the word of God. And you know what, friends? The more I read the Bible, the more it shows me that spirit realm that is more real than this dimension we're sitting in right now. And if you'll pay attention to Revelation, you'll encounter the spirit realm like never before. What does John see? An angel that was given authority. Over 60 times we're introduced to these kinds of angels. I just imagine that 90-year-old apostle John, I wonder how many times he just wiped his eyes. And here he sees this angel given great authority. Continue, Caleb. Verse 2, and he called out with a mighty voice, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. Ah, That's important. We said in chapter 14, why is it redundant? Why does it call it twice? Remember, we went back to Joseph and Pharaoh's dream in Genesis. And what happened? Pharaoh had the dream, woke up, had the dream again. And what did Joseph say happens when things like that happen in in twos? He said, it means God has established the thing. God has ordained it. And when this proclamation is made in chapter 14, and now again in chapter 18, fallen, fallen is Babylon. What is the implication? God has ordained it. This is mighty, church. This is big. This is one of the main agenda items that God has in the tribulation period. And we are going to watch it unfold right now in the text. Continue, please. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since in her heart she says, I sit as queen, I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. Now, Paul's right there. Now, this is, again, you got to know your Old Testament. This is a direct parallel to Israel. Because in the Old Testament, Israel is sometimes mentioned as widowed or divorced. And what God is showing here is the arrogance, the height of the arrogance of this city and this system, this thousands and thousand years system that opposes God, that she would say, I am a queen and I'll never know mourning. God is showing the arrogance and God is showing his fierce, fierce, fierce wrath. And where are we in all the mix? We're chosen and faithful. 
Friends, you and I are protected by the Lord God Almighty, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. But God is going to pour his wrath on Babylon, on the system and the city. As we read this, just note, find indicators for yourself that indicates this is a literal, physical city. I believe, just, just my interpretation, I believe it's going to be the literal today city of Babylon that sits on the Euphrates that is about 50 miles south of Baghdad in modern-day Iraq. King Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon straddled the river Euphrates. You fast forward over to Revelation, and what did we see previously in the book? Four fallen angels that God has bound for that day, for that week, for that month, for that year, for that very hour on the river Euphrates. And what is one of the, uh, the I believe, the sixth plague, the sixth bold judgment that we just saw last week, the drying up of the river Euphrates. Why is Euphrates so important? I believe because the literal city of Babylon will sit up on it. And God is going to judge it in his fierce anger and his fierce wrath. And then you skip over to chapter 19 in the first handful of verses. It is such a major deal that God commands all of heaven, rejoice! We're going to read that in just a moment. And you know what happens in chapter 19? All of us who are in heaven, as we watch the smoke of Babylon rise forever, we shout hallelujah! This is a major, major thing. And I'm afraid we miss it with our Western ears and our Western eyes and our Western minds. We miss the gravity. We miss the enormity of what's going on right now. But understand, this is one of God's last and great and final items on his seven-year tribulation agenda. And we'll have a front row seat to watching it unfold. Now, as we begin to wrap up today, we're going to be introduced to three categories of people who's going to mourn over the literal, physical destruction of Babylon. Continue, Caleb, and I'll take another several minutes here just to finish. Verse 8, For this reason, her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. And the kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city of Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. Okay. So who's the first category that's going to weep over Babylon? The kings of the earth. And what does it say? They stood afar off watching her smoke. Could this be an indication of nuclear fallout? Pure speculation. Either way, God is going to judge the city. And the first set of people that's going to stand afar off, why are they afar off? (laughs) Could be radiation, but they're going to mourn over the city. Okay, next set, please. Verse 11. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold. Okay, pause right there. The second category is going to be the merchants. Now, John, this is very interesting. John gives us 28 items. Why does John list 28 cargo items? 
I think, again, it proves this is a literal, physical city. It's a system, and it's a physical city. And by the way, you remember what we said through our entire study? You'll never exhaust the number seven through the study. 28 items, four times seven. Continue, please. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, and (coughs) sheep, horses and chariots, and slaves, that is, human souls. Do you know what the Greek word there for cinnamon is? Cinnamon. <laughs> but listen, some people, some people would say, souls, slaves, slavery is over. Oh, no, my friend. Do you pay attention to human trafficking? Do you see the statistics of human trafficking? Let me tell you, God's word is more accurate than tomorrow's news. Continue, please. Verse 14, the fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you, and all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of these wares who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud, alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen, in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls. For in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid waste. All of this wealth is laid waste. Wow. So we've seen the kings. We've seen the merchants. Now we're going to see the final set that's going to stand afar off and weep. And all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors and all those who trade is on the sea, stand, stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? Hmm. And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out, Alas, alas, for the great city, where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth. For in a single hour she has been laid waste. Hmm. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on earth. Wow. Is that not fascinating scripture? So what is the point today? The point is that Babylon matters to God, and God will judge her. The point is that what began in Genesis chapters 10 and 11 with Nimrod, that became, what was that height of self-man religion? What was that height of human ingenuity? That was that height of rebellion against God will be in full force during the tribulation period. 
And what is the point? God's going to judge it. What is Babylon? I believe it is a literal, physical city to come. But it is also a system. It's a system that opposes God. You know, when I read these scriptures, the Bible said, come out of her who are my people. You know what I think of? 1 John 2, 14 and 15, 16. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I want to be part of those faithful and chosen. That's who I want to be.